0: Welcome everybody to Brownback Bets, powered by Spurts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me, always looking pretty in pink. How are you, Andy?
1: Real, real good. And before we get too deep into basketball here, I do want to just—I put a different kind of blog out this morning. We often will, you know, I'm right now the the win bet, like the five hundred dollar free bet is the big part we push. Obviously, you know, the sweatshirt, everybody loves the sweatshirt, but we talk about the free bet. It's 500 in New Jersey and Colorado, 1000 in Michigan. We haven't really, I've had people ask for advice on how to use it. I actually put a blog out on the Spurts app this morning, kind of detailing how I would go about using a wrist-free bet because there's a little bit of strategy to it. And uh, so you can look for that. You can use that anytime you sign up. Anyone who signs up Makes a deposit, can get their five hundred dollar free bet. So you can look for that. And in Colorado or Michigan, excuse me, a thousand bucks. Free bet, risk free bet right off the bat. So um, and as promised, we said college basketball. So we're gonna bring in special guest, Rob Doster,
0: joining us. There might not be any college I basketball can't. on tonight. We've
1: got No, then, you know it's it's playing day. It's nit day. We got six damn games. which feels right. it feels like a feast compared to, like it just didn't feel good on the these first couple of days of the week when you're used to like what five straight months of just you know at least ten games a day, if not 150 on a weekend. So it felt it felt really dry. How are we doing today, Rob?
2: I am fired up. We get NCAA tournament basketball tonight. It, you, there's nothing more that you can ask for. And like I know it's the playing games. It counts, though, right? Win or go home. I'm in. I'm in. I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. I, I, it's been, we've waited two years for this day. Two years. Back, <laughs> right, baby. Let's go.
1: That that does make it a little different, too. The fact that we got shut out last year. And yeah, I, I bet on a play in game today. I can't hate on the play. Mm-hmm. The first bet I ever placed in Las Vegas was a play in game. And it was basically because that's when we landed like, well, shit, we got to get some bets down. I think it was like Tennessee, <laughs> Iowa. Many moons ago, this was probably six seven years back, and one of these 11 seed play in games. So, yeah, and that's the thing like they're playing games. You got Michigan State, UCLA, that's a, yeah. some pretty decent names. As far as uh, you know, they might not be as good this year, but Mich- Michigan State has beaten some top teams. They're kind of a you know, everyone wants to talk about some of these lower seeds and um, uh, you know, can get some upsets here, but Michigan State has some. Kind of convincing wins and some weird spots. I mean, it was like a sandwich spot for Illinois or Iowa. I can't remember who was it that lost to them most recently. But uh, yeah, I mean, are you are you are you ready, Rob? Do you have your you have your shit in the get? Are you ready to go?
2: I've already I've already got bets in on uh, on on I think eleven games for the uh, for for Friday and Saturday. Um, and I love I love Michigan State tonight. I don't understand why that lines only two. Uh, I feel very comfortable. Fading, um, uh, taking every Big Ten team when they play against a mid-major like the Pac-12. So, um, yeah, I, I love, I love <laughs> Michigan State here tonight. Uh, I don't, honestly, I don't understand how that line's only two. Is it just because it feels like we'd never know what we're getting out of Michigan State? I would take that line until like five or six.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to agree, and you can, you still like I make the same joke. Our golf guy that we have sometimes on is he's from uh, he went to Washington. I make that same joke about their football programs. Like it's a it's not a power five because and I mean UCLA has been a weird team. We talked about that yesterday on the podcast with Drew. Um, you know somebody had had beaten UCLA early in the season in non conference, and we're like that wasn't really a good win though. Like you and UCLA as as lowly as we think about them right now compared to where the program's been in the past, they were a mess at the beginning of the year. Like they've actually come a long way since the beginning of the year, and it's still not a spot I'd look to back them. So glad to see you have some some uh, similar thinking to me on that game. Did you uh, did you bet any of the other play-in games tonight, or is it all action yeah. starting tomorrow?
2: Uh, I got Michigan State. Uh, I mean, I, I just – like I said, I don't understand how that line's only two. Um UCLA is – I feel like they've been really kind of inflated. Um, I thought it was correct to put them in a playing game. I did not think that their resume was all that strong. I thought that the whole time, like, we saw them, if you looked at bracket matrix or any of these projections, they were kind of in like that 8-9 range, and that just never made any sense to me. Um, and, you know, Chris Smith isn't there. Uh, and I think that Aaron Henry – you know, when, when when Michigan State goes with this this lineup where they basically play four out and one in, uh, with you know Gabe Brown at the four Josh Langford, Aaron Henry, and Rocket Watts, like that that lineup is really really good when they're locked in and they decide they want to play. Um, so I, I'm I'll take Aaron Henry all day. I think he's going to be the best player on the floor. And uh, and the one thing about UCLA is like when you think about Mick Cronin, you think about teams that can really really guard you, and that's not this UCLA team at all. Um, and I, I just you know I, I think Michigan State's tougher. I think they're better. I think it's Tom Izzo in March. You never bet against Tom Izzo in March just can't do it so yeah i'm all in on sparty tonight i like that a lot we do
1: have a yeah and i don't know if you looked at this at all alex we do have three other games do you have any i mean two of them are just shit games although i did bet on one of them but i mean did you have any takes yeah, on, on texas
2: southern Mount St. Mary's. like it's it's a law the first game of the NCAA tournament <laughs> right i, I took yeah. Mount St. Mary's. I took them out
1: yeah, I had no idea what, like, I'm probably going to, I haven't bet that game yet. I'm probably going to find an angle on a total because I cannot make sense of that game. That I have those teams really closely power ranked. They both beat, like, I, I wrote this in an article. I'm just, I'm ready to get out here pretty soon. It's like, Texas Southern probably beat the two best teams in the SWAC. Mount St. Right. Mary's probably beat the two best teams in the NEC. Neither of those things are anything to write home about. Like, these are just two teams that. They they made it through smaller conference tournaments, and I can't differentiate them a lot. I'd, so, I'd probably flip flip a coin on this one.
2: Yeah, so here's here's my angle on it: is that um, Johnny Jones? I don't I don't I don't trust him, right? Like he's one of these guys that can amass talent. I don't trust him to be able to win with the talent that he puts on his roster. Like if this was just uh, on paper, um, look at who Texas Southern has. They got a kid from Oklahoma State. They got um, a kid from I think it was Temple. Like they have a whole bunch of high major transfer transfers on that roster. Um, but Mount St. Mary's, is, is they're not built like a typical uh, typical mid-major. You know, they go like 6'8", 6'8", 6'9". They got some big physical athletes up front. All they want to do is, is guard and defend and rebound, um, and I think when you're taking a team that is going to be well-coached, uh, that is going to be tough and physical, that's going to try to grind you down and defend and has the, the size and the athletes to match up with someone like the Texas Southern, I'm going to take the team that wants to guard. Um, And that line's moving away from us too. I I think it's now, I think Mount St. Mary's is getting a point now. So I'll I'll be on them. I think that they're going to win.
1: It's hard to back a SWAC team ever. (laughs) Like the only time you can bet on a SWAC team is when they're playing another SWAC team. It's a really hard conference to get behind. So, you know know what else is hard
2: to do? It's really hard to back anybody from the NEC as well. So, which is why you kind of roll the dice on this one. It's very little object, stoppable force. This doesn't yeah. feel like betting. This feels like gambling.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what this one is. And I mean, you're right. I'll probably have some. I'll probably take a few punts on some of these early games that I don't have action on, just because it feels like we haven't bet on. You know, I I put some small action on some nit games, but it's just not the same. It's just not. It, it feels like that's that's a game that they shouldn't even really be playing. So, um, before we get into tomorrow's action, did you have any thoughts on Drake, Wichita? You know, with the. Uh, the, they're getting him back. It's yeah. it's every, I, I, every everybody everybody's piling on Drake right now. Like the whole. Yeah. world. Like,
2: and and look, I, I I understand the logic because I think that that Wichita State and everybody from the AAC is very very bad. Uh, you know they I think Wichita State is ten and one in in one possession games this year. They won like their two overtime games, so it's not like they're blowing anybody out. Um, and Drake obviously gets Tank Hemphill back. Now, the difficult thing with bringing a, a star player back like that is you kind of have to readjust what everybody else's expectations and rotations and, and roles are going to end up being. Uh, so I think that it's – uh, in in a vacuum, I really would like Drake in this spot, but it's also, you know, you're getting this new guy back. It's going to be new. It's going to be different. Normally it takes a couple games to kind of uh, work all that stuff through. So um, I – I'm staying away from it. I I don't have a good feel from this at all. Um, And when I say I'm staying away from it, it means I'm probably just going to end up throwing a bet on like Drake five minutes before the game tips off because I'm going to be like, yeah, you know, it's the NCAA tournament. I got to get something in here. So I don't feel I, I don't feel great about anything in it though.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of somebody made a point of this in a chat. I'm in as far as he's like, I and I kind of hope it ends up Drake just ends up getting up big and I take some Wichita State second half because I have these te- again, these are teams I have pretty close together. I don't rate Drake all that well. I mean, they, they did after the two injuries, they actually gelled better than a lot of people thought they would with uh having to make some lineup changes, but it's still you know, I think 25 and four is a little bit deceptive as far as the record, the records of, have- Throw me for a loop. We talked about this the other day. It's like, you know, looking at all the, and it was in conference tournaments too. You're looking at all these teams. Like one conference had four teams with the same amount of wins, but they all had different amount of losses in the, mm-hmm. you know, it just, everything got so goofy. And you look at like, like Colgate, like, where they have like 14 games or something stupid like that. It, yeah, it's play, really hard to evaluate teams
2: five like this. teams. That's it. They play just five teams. That's it. It's, it's, I, you want to talk about Colgate? I think Arkansas is probably my favorite bet of the first round. I just, I, I do not see how, how Colgate stays with them. I feel like they've been inflated and their numbers are inflated because of the conference that they play in. And the fact that we didn't get as much kind of uh, kind of intra-conference play, so to speak. Um, and look, Colgate wants to run, right? They want to play fast. They want to chuck up a bunch of threes and that plays right into uh, the must Bus's hands. And, the way that I've always kind of approached uh, the, the, the mid-majors and the low-majors in some of these games is you want the teams that slow the pace and that shoot a ton of threes to kind of try to create as much variance as possible when you're trying to pick an upset. And uh, this game is going to be like 75 or 80 possessions. There's going to be a ton of points, and it just takes away all of the variance. And, and, and over over more possessions, you're just more likely to see the better team end up winning. Um, and playing at that pace and that tempo, right into the hands of what Arkansas wants to do, I just don't, I don't understand how that line's only eight and a half. So I, I was, I've been all over Arkansas. Yeah, that is a team.
1: Know. I have a, I have a Final Four bet on them. I just found it kind of a rogue number on them earlier, and it's like, and and they're a team I liked. I bet them to win the SEC for a little bit. That was kind of disappointing. Actually, all the all the major conference tournaments, I think I might have got shut out in those, except for. I had some Illinois, which not like that was a big price either. So, yeah, there's a few of these. I talked about this with somebody yesterday. And, I mean, we've talked about this uh, earlier in the, the week too, Alex. Like, there's always these trendy teams that everybody piles on. Like, I just talked about Drake. You know, people mm. are excited about Colgate because their efficiencies is And, honestly, like, it, if, Colgate, if Colgate covers this 8.5, they'd probably win. If you really want to bet Colgate, I don't know if I'd take the points. Like, it just – they, it turns out, like they were really good. We didn't see it because they only played a few teams, and they can hang. Like either they lose by thirty or they win this game. Like I don't know if I would lay the points if you really, really want to bet Colgate, but I tend to agree with you there on Arkansas. Uh, anything else that popped yet uh, for tomorrow or Saturday? That I mean, maybe something where these lines have moved quite a bit. Anything that you yeah. bet that's maybe somewhere still near near where you bet it at?
2: Well, Ohio was the obvious one. I mean, if you didn't jump on that Ohio opening, what was it, 10 and a half when it opened? If you didn't jump on that, then, then you weren't paying attention. I mean, Virginia still has not practiced yet. I think that today they finally get out of quarantine. Um, they they don't get too indie until tomorrow. They play on Saturday. Like, I, I just uh, – oh, and Ohio, I don't know how much you guys have seen of Ohio, but they got a kid named Jason Preston who's going to be an NBA draft pick. Um, they play two guards. They play this ball screen heavy system. They have a – you know a five man that like loves to pick and pop in the uh, what's his, the um, I was uh, uh yeah the kid he's got like a ponytail and everything like you'll you'll love this guy and um, the way to beat Virginia's uh, pack line defense is to be able to make threes over the top of it so um, I, I'm very much into the idea that that Ohio not only can cover but can win the other line that I really like is Villanova laying six against Winthrop Winthrop is kind of like Colgate to me in the sense that they didn't really play anybody. Their best opponent this year was UNC Greensboro. They also beat Furman. And like those teams are good, but they're also very much mid-majors. And you're now going up against a Villanova team that still has pros on their roster. I know that they don't have Colin Gillespie, but Jeremiah Robinson Earl is going to play in the NBA. He's going to be the best player on the floor. Uh, The way Winthrop's offense is built is around this guy named Chandler Vodron, Was this like six-foot-seven point guard that can really pass. He's a lot of fun to watch, but Villanova's got two guys in Brandon Slater and Jermaine Samuels who are only on that roster because of their length and their athleticism and their ability to defend. Like They're the guys that allow Villanova to play positionless basketball because they can guard anybody. And you're telling me Chandler Vodron, a D2 transfer, is going to deal with those guys? Well, I I don't think that he will. And then you combine it all with the fact that the reason why we're kind of down on Villanova right now is, one, they lost to Providence when uh, in the game after Gillespie went down, when Justin Moore, who was supposed to be taking over point guard duties, uh, went down with a, a sprained ankle in the first – I think it was the first 10 minutes of that game. So that threw off everything that they were trying to do in that game. And then they lost in the first round of the Big East tournament to Georgetown, who turned around and, and won the tournament. You know, like four days after Georgetown beat Villanova, they beat Creighton by 25. So it's not like the, – the Georgetown just uh, – I mean, look, I didn't expect it, but they, they found something uh, in Madison Square Garden that week. So I I can overlook that a little bit as well. Uh, so I just don't – I don't get why that line is only six. It seems way too low. I think Villanova wins that game by 15. Uh, one thing that I have noticed looking at these lines is, is – and tell me if you guys disagree. It feels like a lot of these like high majors against some of the, the low majors, the lines are just way too low. Like Texas against Abilene Christian, how is that only a single-digit line? It feels like that should be like 12 or 13. So, ah. Uh, We'll see. Maybe I'm just completely off on, on some of the ways that I'm valuing these teams, but it seems like there's a lot of value with some of those those like two and three
0: seeds that aren't getting enough points. But it's you guys touched on it earlier, right? There there's been so little non-conference play that more than ever there's less information. And you know, it's kind of a double edged sword. When there's less information, there's probably more value, but you don't really know kind of what to do in those situations. So <laughs> I think I know, wonder if folks are trying to be a little more situation.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, people, people pick up on these little nuggets and I, I, maybe correct me if I'm wrong. I think Abilene Christian is the team that just, they have an obscene amount of forced turnovers. Mm-hmm. Like their, their defenses, they're always getting in lanes, but it's like, you do got to put some context to it. And I mean, it's, it's weighted for certain things when you look at turnover, but still like you, you, pl- you didn't play in the big 12. You, you know, you, the, the, you know the level of competition is so much lower. You start looking; like, oh, these teams are playing great, and the teams that actually can, you know, beat a, a higher-seeded team, they either they they have certain things that you know go their way, or they just they hit their threes that day, or they have like you did. You talk about Preston at Ohio. Like, I love that team. That was the only conference tournament that I actually, like, made some decent money on. They were, like, 10 to 1. And I said, yep. like, I-, I love this kid. He can run. You know, Toledo's good, but this will be fun. And that t- I mean, they cruised through the tournament. He looked great. And I said, like, I missed the boat on that early line. I was pretty pissed and then I ended up not betting it because I missed the early number, but even like an eight and a half I would have loved to have, I guess, because I do think they cover that game, especially on the early lines. I wrote that I'm like, even if even if they don't advance, he's probably gonna be the highest scoring player on the field and it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. So there's yeah, I mean, there's I, a ton of, of these small the money line
2: right now. It's, it's probably worth it to take their their money on. I, I I haven't seen what it is. I think it's it like plus two fifty or something like that. I haven't seen it today. Uh but I look I think that they're gonna win. I think that they beat Virginia. You know, we've seen Virginia struggle with the team. So San Francisco kind of plays like a little bit of a similar style where um, they want to space the floor. They want to shoot a lot of threes. They want to play some of this like kind of positionless, uh, like new uh, modern era basketball style of play. Um, Now the the thing about the San Francisco game was uh, Tony Bennett was trying to implement a new offense um, that – and it went disastrously. Like normally he runs something called – uh, uh, ball screen continuity or um, the block remover, which is what his dad kind of created. And he tried to put in like this five-out uh, kind of isolation system and it just did not work because he does not have the dudes to do it. So that's part of the reason why they lost to San Francisco. But they also they, they couldn't get stops on the stretch. And all San Francisco did was just space the floor, shoot a bunch of threes, and put guys in ball screens. And they were able to win that game and they were able to beat that that, that pack line defense. So uh, yeah, I, I that's a long way of saying I really, really like Iowa in the spot. Uh, Iowa, Ohio in the spot.
1: Ohio, yeah, the Bobcats from the MAC, yeah, MAC champions. That was I. I was I was pleasantly surprised at how well they played. And I, I I think maybe I spend and we all and obviously you do this. You pay more, even more attention than I do. But I start falling in love with kids like him or the mm-hmm. the kid from uh, uh, UC Santa Barbara. Like you know, I I bet even even as chalk, I'm like. They're the best team. They're going to win this. I don't care if it's even money. They're going to win this tournament. They're going to win it convincingly. I fall in love with it. And it that, that sucks for them. They did have an injury. Actually, I'm just going to add, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you think he plays? What's the other kid's names? Um, I'm trying to think of the kid that was injured. Um, somebody was injured versus he, the final was Irvine, I believe. And there was a decent ankle injury. And then you see, like, he's doubtful. And then, I, I you know, somebody else retweet something where, oh, he's day-to-day. So yeah. I think there is quite a bit of paying attention. You still need to do quite a bit of paying attention this time of year for some of these injuries that occurred in conference tournaments. Obviously, we're having a lot of weirdness with COVID, people missing for mm-hmm. Oklahoma, Kansas, uh, obviously Virginia situation. There's a fourth one. Oh, Georgia Tech has been... Mm-hmm. They paid like it was like the Thanos thing where he got the the one stone and he had to pay you know the all what did you pay everything? It's like they they win their tournament but they have had nothing but bad luck since. So.
2: I, I still like Georgia Tech there though. I, I don't know about you guys. I still like Georgia but, Tech. They, once I mean, it gets it's gonna get out to like
1: six. Like once yeah. it gets out to like six, it's probably bettable the other way. Like the people the people who got one and a half two on you know on the other side. They probably yeah, feel pretty good about that, yeah. but if if this gets up to six, six and a half, you could probably bet Georgia Tech. They're still a very good team. Yeah, I mean, Jose
2: Alvarado is like so competitive, and and um, they have three really really good perimeter players. And the thing about Loyola is like what they're going to try to do is force you to uh, force you to play in isolation um, defensively. Like they're one of these teams that are like they'll overplay passing lanes and they won't let you run your offense. And when you have three guards that can kind of create for themselves, that's. That's what you need to be able to beat Loyola, and I also think that Loyola is another one of these teams that is a little bit uh, overvalued because of the way the metrics ended up working out this season. Like if you're, I know that they're top ten in kempom and I love kempom and I look at that more than anything else, but like they're not a top ten team in college basketball. Like you, if <laughs> they're they're just not. So um, I I really like Georgia Tech there. Uh, you mentioned UC Santa Barbara earlier. I really really like them too. Um, against Creighton. I, I got I got two little nuggets for you. Tell me what you think about this. So uh, they're, they're top 100 in Kempom. I think they're uh, 70th right now. And the last three times that a Big West team has entered the NCAA tournament as a top 100 team on Kempom, they've won as 12 or 13 seats in their first round game. Uh, the other part of it is that they're going to be playing this game at Lucas Oil Stadium in the Dome. And Creighton is a team that is built entirely on, like, three-point shooting and jump shooting. Sorry, my daughter just busted into the room. Uh, so they're built entirely on three-point shooting and jump shooting. And now you're telling me that they have to go into the Dome and try to play their first NCAA tournament game in the Dome? Like, it's going to be empty. Like, I don't know how many people are going to be in there. And uh, – and I don't know if this stat is true. It was it was sent to me yesterday and I'm just gonna say it and pretend that it is true and we're just gonna go from there. But Big Ten team shot twenty three percent from three in the Big Ten tournament. Does that sound right?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, they they struggled in that dome. And people do struggle in some of these big arenas when they start doing this. And that's something. We did a podcast last night, and I realized, like, I hadn't done nearly enough research on which games are where because they're all over. Like, they're all over Indianapolis. And some of these arenas, like the IUPUI one, I think, is one. It's not nearly as big. You know, they're playing at the field house. They're playing. Uh, Hinkle, like they're all over the place. So I'm going to dig into that today because I think, like what Rob just hit on, there probably are some angles. There's certain teams that just they're not they're not going to play as well in playing in a you know goddamn football place.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 been written about plenty of times that it's very difficult to shoot in in domes with the uh, with the the sight lines and the backdrops and everything. So it's. <laughs> so, no, but it's, my my daughter's heavy on uh, on Creighton, by the way, so that that's why she's yelling at me right now.
1: <laughs> she like she likes the Blue Jays. No, I I agree. I wrote up the West region yesterday. I picked. I'd still love Santa Barbara, better, especially if they're fully healthy. I think they get the mm-hmm. upset there. So, all right, well, Rob, we appreciate the time. We'll let you get back at it, and uh good luck this weekend with yeah, all, all your bets. Like, yeah. I need
2: I need one money line underdog. You guys are wrong. I need one. It can be one pick. Money line underdog. So I, I place
1: money line bets on all the 12 through 15 seeds every year, no matter what. So I'll be on all of them. But honestly, like UC Santa Barbara is probably my favorite at this point. And honestly, I, as much as I like Purdue, I, I, I can fade a post team. Like, If that's what you want to build your team around, I'll take some North Texas. Like I kind of like that too. I was surprised at how well they. I I thought Western Kentucky was going to just take them to the woodshed. Honestly, I had them there. I had them to win the tournament. So I like North Texas.
2: Yeah, I was. I was. Syracuse was my
0: favorite.
2: Syracuse. Yeah, I like Syracuse too. They, the zone, man. The zone just messes people up when you get into the tournament. They're ready. That
0: team's going to be ready every Mm -hmm. year. They're ready for March. Like he knows what to do. do. That's
2: the deal. That's all they do. What they do is they, they kind of mess around for the whole regular season and they happen to win like a game in February and everyone's like, ah, oh, you know what, Syracuse, they could be on the bubble. And they sneak into the tournament somehow and then J- Jim Bayham just turns on the magic and all of a sudden their zone becomes impenetrable and
0: they make a run. They're going to be in the Elite Eight. Like you just you just know that they are. That's what they do. It frustrates the hell out of me. I don't know how kids playing college-level basketball can't score on this freaking zone defense. But <laughs> yeah, it's that's so- for another day.
1: It, it, um, it does become comical. it does take advantage when it, when it, of it. Yeah, once you realize, like when you get to uh, watch one of those games, you'll be like, "Oh, they can't figure this out. Like, this is bad. Like, this is this is gonna go. This is gonna be one way traffic. They can't figure this out at all." So,
2: yeah, uh, you mentioned North Texas though, real quick. I, I really like them. I don't have them on the money line, uh, but I am gonna be I'm, I'm gonna be backing them. Uh, and the thing that there's there's two numbers that I dug up that I really like. One is that this game is going to be very low possessions. Like both the, both North Texas and Purdue, they want to walk the ball up. They want to grind it out. They want to play. Uh, they want to play slow. Two, um, Purdue is everything that they're going to do is, is going to run through the post. So it's all going to be like twos. You're not going to have a situation where they'll hit like four straight threes in the first half and then all of a sudden you're down by 12 and you are not, you can't dig out of that hole. And three, the the way that, that Purdue's defense is set up is is they, they pack everything in. They don't let you get paint touches. They want you to shoot threes over the top and they don't gamble. Where North Texas really struggles is turning the ball over. Uh, they turn the ball over as much as just about anybody in the, the NCAA tournament field. And so that's not going to be a concern against Purdue. And the other thing is they shoot 37% from three. That's top 30 in America. And they're going up against a team where I looked at the, looked at it the other day. Purdue allows uh, or forces teams to shoot 46% of their field goal attempts from beyond the arc. That's 338th uh, nationally. So you got a team that can get hot, make a couple threes. Uh, it's going to be low possessions. It's going to be higher variance. And to me, that, that's what you look for right there. That's the perfect makings of a potential upset. So um, I also like Liberty for the, the exact same reasons.
1: No, I, I. That's another one too. That's a team I've bet year in and year out. I love that team, and they'll be like I said. I'm betting all the. I bet all those money line underdogs every year. I have I have a system. It's <laughs> there's there's a system Got to, to this. and reads. It it almost works out every year. Once you almost you break even every year. So once <laughs> and once in a while you get rich. You just need you need a fifteen to come
0: through. But,
2: the the, the um, truth is, the truth is, you just you bet everyone. You don't win everyone, but you bet everyone,
0: and that's all that matters. Is you're dedicated. Yep, I, always I'm, have a winner I'm, if you bet all the horses. I'm yeah. very consistent, and
1: you know, I joked around with somebody too. Like when I was out in Vegas, you bet every 12 through 15 seed, and there's some random sitting next to you out at the bar or at the pool, he doesn't have to know you did that. You just show him, Oh, look, oh, Stephen F. Austin just won. <laughs> and we were, like, I had them like 18 to one money line. I just figured they'd beat you know, they'd win. Go lumberjack, well, go lucky. Yeah, I got lucky. So, I'm Hang getting you, all right. Neck. So, well, Rob, we thanks for your time, and if anybody's looking for you, at it's easy, just a nice easy one yeah. at Rob Doster on Twitter, doing the Field of 68, tons of podcasts coming out of that, and of course, your stuff. I mean, it's it's been nice every morning watching you and uh, Jeff go over some of the the games. So. I can figure out, you know, it's usually stuff I miss because you guys are deeper into, like, the actual basketball side where I'm just running numbers. So that's it's kept me off a few bad bets this year. So I thank you for that. And, uh, you know, like I said, good luck this weekend and into next.
2: Let's get some winners, guys. Thanks, Robbie. All right.
1: Rob, that was some great stuff. And? I'm excited. Like he's, I was already
0: jacked, but he got me
1: more jacked,
0: even though just six games tonight. So I'm pretty pumped. That's part of the reason I'm um, annoyed. Like I'm actually going to have to watch play in basketball. I didn't say this while he was on. I hate the extra four teams. It drives me nuts. It's the silliest damn thing in the whole world. So I pretend it doesn't exist. So it might be the I'm, first time I break down and pretend that these exist. And maybe even watch I'm, them. I'm betting one. So, all right. Uh, before we cut loose, we did have some
1: plays today. We usually lead with NBA, but I wanted to talk. Uh, Talk with Rob for a while there. So overs, I was a little surprised. Got these in a the sheet today. What do you? What do you? Some high overs too. You ain't scared. What do you I got? I know
0: it's um, one of the things that we've been looking at. And a shout out to our buddy from the NBA chat, Big Three for Three. He kind of turned me on to this. High totals have done very well this year. Going over a big number, and there is a bias to that. When people see a big number, they almost always want to go under. Um, Spent a lot of time looking into those and going through some of my numbers, but. You know, my projections like the over in both of these spots, Minnesota, Phoenix, I was able to play over 230 there. Um, I have that total closer to 234, almost 235. Um, Minnesota doesn't stop anybody from doing anything. Phoenix's offense just continues to get better and better. Minnesota, again, starting to find some kind of rhythm now that they've been without D'Angelo Russell long enough to have everyone kind of settled in. I think we'll see a bunch of points there. Portland, New Orleans, similar story, You know, played over 241 there. As I look, I have this total at 246, almost 247 myself. New Orleans has been an unbelievable over team this year. Portland as well. They have McCollum back. Just everything driving towards that with both of these games. And uh, you know, there'll also be a couple extra people on the floor who might help us out with some of these numbers. So two overs for us tonight. Minnesota Phoenix over 230 would play that up to 231. Uh, Portland, New Orleans over 241 would play that up to 242.
1: I'm back. I have a bet. I haven't made a lot of these. I said I made some early ones, but I I felt bad releasing some of those because I didn't think anybody, I didn't think a lot of people could get some of those early numbers, and I didn't bet big on any of those. Just took some ticklers on some lines I thought was off, but I wrote a blog the other day about this western region, and I talked about this one right off the bat, and then I ran the numbers this morning, and it was even more convincing. I'm like, I'm probably going to have to bet on App State here. I mean, just it's like when we compared some of those mid-majors with Rob to like major conference teams. And when you have all the teams below the top six conferences, there's still tiers to that as well. Like not all these mid-majors are built the same and the Sunbelt's not a great conference, but the Sunbelt is surely a few steps above the MEAC. So I am going to have to just fade Norfolk state pretty much on that. And, and my numbers do make it that way. at the same. So the, the, you know, it was, I think I, I ran uh, a query on this as well. The Sunbelt is 40 and nine versus the MEAC over the last, you know, however long it would let me go back. Their last loss was after They'd won 12 straight. The last loss before that was against Hampton, who's a team that's not even in this conference anymore. They were so good they weaseled their way out of the MEAC. They're in the Big South, I think. Believe now. So Appalachian State just—it's a better team and from a better conference. I make them at least four points better. This is in Assembly Hall. This is Indiana's uh, floor, so a neutral site here, no advantage for uh, Norfolk, and you know they're both traveling from probably about the same distance. I don't think there's some travel thing. I haven't found anything COVID or injuries for either. So App State in the three, and that's it for me tonight. Uh, like I said, I kind of lead Michigan State. I'll probably have a tickler on that later, especially if App wins.
0: Yeah. Rob talked me in it. I'm in on Michigan State. But we have something to tide us over for the afternoon here, Andy. Let me double-check the timing on this one. I
1: like the ten- ten- tennis P- on is- the basketball background. correct. That, that I up. know, right?
0: You know, St. Petersburg, we won't have any picks there. Um, those matches are happening right now. and There won't be lines up for anything really in a couple hours. The two lines we do have open Alexandrov is a huge favorite. Kuznetsov is a huge favorite. There's probably a little value in the underdogs, but I don't like either. But at 3 p.m. this afternoon, a little matinee, if you will, um, Lin Zhu is playing Sai Sai Zhang. I like the over 21 and the over two and a half sets here. I have this at 21 and a half myself. Um, the over two and a half sets line, closer to like plus 135, plus 140. Um, A very highly contested match. Zhu has a solid serve. Zhang is a great returner. I think you're going to see a lot of back and forth here. And um, this is one of those matches actually where I considered just playing the over two and a half sets, but was able to find a cheap over 21. So played that as well. Um, Again, just kind of stacked up our overs here, Andy.
1: I enjoy a good stack as much as an next guy. So, all right, a long episode today. We kind of went. We well, you know, we uh, Rob was Rob was excited. Rob had a lot of bets, like I and you know, just like us. You can follow me and Alex over on the Spurts app. Rob as well. Just again, just like his Twitter at Rob Doster on Spurts. He puts all his bets in over there. If you want to follow his action throughout the tournament. And, of course, if you do want to get some action down on the win bet with the free offer, I, again, wrote a blog that's up on the BetSports content site, um, the content section of the site and the app. I wrote a little article about how I would approach using the free bet. And until then, indeed, hashtag Bitcoin. We'll see you guys tomorrow.